This is the Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. Are you struggling to find success betting sports? Tired of empty promises and scams handicapping services? Wondering why Vegas sports books become richer and richer and how you could win on sports too? This podcast is what the sports investing industry truly needs an insider look into proven successful strategies. Z Code Podcast is your crash course in sports investing that destroys popular misconceptions and provides invaluable sports prediction analysis tools that you can download for free. We outline insider winning systems from experts that make a living through sports investing and explain how you can do it too. Armed with the best tools in the industry and a proper mindset, sustaining profits is easier than ever before. Welcome to Z Code Podcast. Hey guys, we're back with another one of our top sports investing experts and you know him all too well especially from all his invaluable selections and write-ups. We've had the opportunity to talk with him in the past on this podcast, and he has always been very helpful and passionate about sharing his knowledge. And today we will be talking about the upcoming NHL season. And without any further ado, let's welcome the one and only Mark. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show again. Always a pleasure. Well, listen, you are a very solid analytical thinker who seems to be able to always keep your emotions out of the picks. And we know that's very important to do in sports investing. Um, But for you personally, how difficult is it to kind of leave aside your personal preferences? And then what would you recommend to others that might be starting into sports investing that they could kind of get to that point and keep it under control? Well, I think that... uh the Z code involvement has really helped me with that. I, I've always had the analytical side of me. I'm, I'm an engineer. Um, I, I just kind of break down everything in my life, including sports investing in that very practical, uh, step-by-step sort of way. Um, when I got involved with Z code was really when I started to take emotion out of the picks more than I ever had before. Um, I got my start writing hockey picks, but it was all very much, uh, driven by who I liked and who I wanted to see win and, and where those matchups were favorable. When I got to Z-Code, I was able to take more of a, um, a computerized algorithm feel to every part of my analysis, not just that one parameter of this is what the computer says. So uh, it's just been part of my growth as a handicapper. If you can take your heart out of the game, uh, I think you're able to sustain success a little more. You know, um, for instance, we had a, a New Jersey Devils system that we ran for years. We back-tested it. Um, it was something I had always done just because I never bet against my own team. When the Devils started to fall apart a couple of years ago, we dropped it and uh, right after that Stanley Cup run. And that's something that a younger version of myself never would have been able to do. But someone who had been working with Z-Code for years saw that it wasn't going to be their year and we were able to walk away. So I I just think that the combination of uh, maturity as a handicapper and that computer algorithm makes it kind of easy to do. Okay. And it's evident and talking to you and reading the write-ups and and looking at your picks that you're clearly, like you said, very analytical, very solid. And you obviously always research every game very thoroughly. So what are kind of some of the main filters that you start with, that you choose? I mean, I I just break it down. Um, It's pretty straightforward for me. It's about goaltending matchups, 
defensive pairings against offensive uh, lines, and then the the inverse on the teams. So uh, as far as my evaluations go, it's it always starts with the goaltender, and then you take a look at whether there's a top pairing or, or just a defensive system in general that'll be able to keep the firepower of the other team in check. And then you look at it the other way. Can this offense score? And um, right off the bat, that's pretty much the three keys to my system is better offense, better defense, and better goalie. From there, you look at momentum because uh, hockey is a game of runs. You see teams get really hot and just play better hockey than they, in theory, are capable of. Uh, Goaltenders get really hot. So it's definitely a game of momentum and following uh, the stretch. Then there's little things that uh, just kind of fall into a gut feel for me. Um, a coach who's able to take advantage of matchups. Uh, home ice is huge in hockey because it gives you the right of last change. So all those matchups you're looking at, typically you evaluate them more from a home team perspective because they're the ones who can choose when those matchups occur after every faceoff. So um, there's, there's a lot of little uh, intricacies that will always uh, bleed into my gut feel for a game, but it, it's really it's just a straightforward, just like baseball. The goalie is pretty much my pitcher parameter. Um, offense and defense kind of come into who's the better team, and then you've got home field, momentum, and then that Z-code algorithm output. Interesting. Well, I know that October, and today at the time of this recording is actually October 1st, which is kind of why I want to bring this up, and October has traditionally been this amazing month for you, uh, more so than maybe others. So what do you think are the differences there? What do you think are the key parameters in your system that allow you to achieve you know, such an early success in the season? I think we just do our homework. Um, you know, It takes a little while to adjust and, and actually project out how these new transitions are going to go for teams. You know, uh, big free agents, big goalie changes, uh, matchups, uh, how everything breaks down. And I think that Las Vegas can be a little bit vulnerable in the early months of every season. Um, baseball, we've done the same and always started out hot. Um, football, we're up $500, uh, five units in just the first four weeks. So uh, I, I like uh, I like the edge that I feel like I have just from my knowledge versus their analysts and just uh, putting it all together. I don't necessarily know that there's anything in my system that sets it apart other than the fact that it, it caters to that kind of analysis. And if we do our homework, I think we can get ahead and get a good jump on the season. Um, I, I don't really know that I do anything different than anyone else. I don't buy into um, the sports handicappers who say, you know, let's wait a little while and see how things play out in the season because uh, – I think you give away that little bit of an edge you have before Vegas starts to set their traps and bait the lines and manipulate public money. Okay, so you you normally achieve that early success in October, and you also share your selections very early. It usually gives the line more value. So I'm assuming we can expect the same from you this year. Well, I, this season. Yeah, I usually look at it the night before. Um, there are some situations where uh, you're not sure who the goalie is going to be and things like that, so you have to wait for them to uh, to publish everything. But for the most part, we uh, we lay out our picks, uh, you know, 18 hours before the game. So uh, there's we beat all the line movement. Hockey is a much less popular sport in the United States than football or baseball, where uh, public money is a little more predictable. So I think that uh, 
people have less of an influence over where the line goes in this particular sport. So if you can get out there and get in early, you can really watch the way the line moves and you can get ahead of it. And uh, I, I can usually beat that 20% juice that'll come by the end of the game, by the, by game time. It's not anything that we do too deliberately. It's just a convenience thing. You know, I watch all the games, I look up and I get excited about the next day's matchups. Uh, I do my homework and I put my picks in. All right. And before we, started this interview you and i were kind of chatting and you mentioned uh there where you are you have i don't was it a picture or a bobblehead a statue of something of martin brodeur yeah i've got a big uh fathead poster on my wall there you go <laughs> okay well bringing up that topic give us your opinion on uh his plans i um i don't know what he's gonna do i would like to see him retire i'd like to see him just be a devil forever uh, you know, this year we lost uh, Derek Jeter to my Yankees. It's just nice when they spend their whole career with one team. I don't necessarily think he's a starting goaltender anymore. He's gotten older and his numbers have consistently dropped since that Stanley Cup appearance. So I personally would like to see him just walk away. Um, you never want to see your heroes come back down to mediocrity. But uh, I don't know what he's going to do. If he gets a decent offer to a playoff caliber team, maybe he'll come back. But I don't think he's good enough to start for a great team. And I think that watching him go out with a team that's poor enough where he would be their starting goaltender is just not the way I want to see him go. All right. And continuing in the line of thought with the Devils, uh, everyone's really intrigued about your New Jersey Devils system. And will you be implementing the system this season? And if you are going to, are there going to be any changes to it? Yeah, you know, we uh, we see them getting back to what they always had been when that system was especially pr- uh, productive. I mean, um, they've got a great goaltender in Corey Schneider. They've got a ton of defensive depth. And then they've got enough scoring that they should be able to surprise some people. Um, when you look at them, they're in that that division where uh, there's just big market hockey powerhouses that get those really sharp lines. I think the Penguins are much more vulnerable this year. The Rangers are coming off a Stanley Cup run, but they lost a bunch of depth and and Brad Richards and some key players. And uh, I think you look at it and we'll get that same favorable line to the New Jersey Devils as a small market, no public betting team um, that lacks those big star power weapons. Um, When it was most profitable for me was that Stanley Cup run obviously um and the year that the Devils missed the playoffs for the first time in you know 15 years we saw that huge run late in the season and that really saved us because we were pulling off we we were starting to see the Devils trend down and then that turnaround happened there was a spark and we just hammered it so it's been profitable every year we've implemented it the last two years we did not do it the same way I used to, where we used to literally bet the Devils money line every single game and just vary the confidence. Now I think we're going to more of a, a matchups-driven approach, but we're going to get those same favorable lines to those mid-market, small teams. The difference this time through is that after the reshuffle, you don't have only powerhouses in there. You know That, that division, that Atlantic division, was all big market, Philly, New York, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who always have a public following um, in the Sidney Crosby era. So it's not as straight of a shot as it used to be, You know, uh, the slam dunk that it would be profitable at the end of the year. But I think we're back close to something like that, where the Devils are expected to be mediocre. They'll 
they'll overachieve again. Uh, the lines will be better for us, and we'll make some money off it. I'm not sure that we can bet every single game like we used to, though. So I think we're going to stick to more of that matchups-driven approach, but I never bet against the Devils because with the goaltending and defense they have, they could beat you one nothing in overtime, as long as it doesn't go to a shootout like last year. Sure. Um, in the media, one of the things being talked about is the Phoenix Coyotes name change to the Arizona Coyotes. As an NHL fan, do you have any thoughts about that? And I'm curious, too, does something like that at all play into sports investing? I mean, in theory, it could spark something, get them to have some fans at the game. But I think that in Arizona, you're not going to see a big change. You know, you, you go from the you know Phoenix to Arizona, it doesn't really do anything to get that market excited. Um, that's a franchise that's just been so dysfunctional with their money lately that I think you're going to see – um, empty crowds and mediocrity. Again, I don't really buy into little subtle changes like that. You know, uh, if there was a, a, a new arena and all sorts of excitement and you get some noise like with Winnipeg where the franchise moves and all of a sudden they're, they're a hockey haven again, um, that's when you get the impact. When it's so loud you can't hear yourself think and you get that right to last change and all that momentum and, and you can really have a home ice advantage. Changing your team name to be the state as opposed to the city, I don't think will have much of an impact on anything out there. Sure. Uh, what about the rule changes then coming up? Uh, the dry scape of the ice before overtime. Um, coaches no longer having to submit a shootout participants list as it begins. Um, these type of changes, will they make the game um, any more exciting or any more difficult as an investor? I think that if you're you're betting games that have gone to overtime, you're already in trouble. You know, anything can happen in an overtime. It opens up the ice, and <clears throat> I think it's really dangerous. Once it gets to a shootout, it's even more of a crapshoot. I mean, you, so, you see guys uh, that are shootout specialists that have only a couple goals in the regular season that come in for a shootout and hit more than half their shots. It, it doesn't make any sense. So... Um, shootouts are always a crapshoot so naming your lineup or not naming your lineup will allow teams with better weapons to save them for when it's most important um, and deploy them as they need them but I, I think that once you've gotten to overtime or a shootout uh, you're already kind of in trouble I think that this lends to more excitement once the game is in overtime for the casual fan but as far as sports investing goes uh, you're really, most of the time, you're hoping to not get to that point where one random goal will take your money or make your money. Now, I know it's impossible uh, this far out to make a prediction, but it's fun. So which teams do you think will be real contenders for winning the Stanley Cup? Well, I think you saw a, a real shift in the last few years of those dynasty teams kind of coming back to earth. Um, <clears throat> the Canucks are totally in rebuilding mode after – Years and years of success. You saw um, teams last year that were ready to go drop some of their bigger players. So I, I think that like you watch the Rangers make it to the finals and then get rid of a top-line center in Richards and a lot of their depth, and all of a sudden that rolling four-line system becomes back to what they had two years ago when they weren't as successful. Teams like the Kings, where they've got a, a winning pedigree and they, they just keep doing it and they've got one of the best goalies in hockey, I think it's real hard to predict their demise at this point. I think they're going to be in it. Um, the Sharks look good. It, it's some of those same powerhouses out west. The Ducks uh, even got better, I think, um, adding Kessler. So 
I, I think those three teams from the West are going to be really difficult to knock off, and you'll you'll see some of those same playoff matchups between like the Kings and the Ducks um, battling it out for for the West. Um, the East, I think, is a total crapshoot. I mean, um, the Habs came out of nowhere. The Rangers regressed. The Penguins definitely took a step back. They dumped James Neal and uh, Malkin and Crosby. They both aren't healthy right now. Um, the Devils got better. They added a couple offensive weapons and solidified their goaltending for the next seven years. So I think uh, I think it's really, really difficult to predict who's going to come out of the East. Um, it, it really can be anybody. I, I like uh, I like the Islanders, what they did too with the goaltending. So I think you're going to see a lot of parity in the East where you almost don't want to put your name on a team. Um, I, if I had to pick right now, it's probably the Rangers. Um, they, they've got arguably the best goalie over there, and I just think there's too much dysfunction in the other teams. Um, but consistency doesn't always do it in hockey. It's more about getting hot at the right times. So um, boring as it is, I would predict a repeat of last year's Stanley Cup if I had to right now. Maybe the Ducks have solidified their goaltending enough to really give the Kings some trouble. But goaltending has dominated the playoffs the last few years and I, I think you'll see that again every year uh, uh, under the new NHL so it's difficult to just out muscle teams offensively usually it's a hot goaltender so if I had to give you a prediction I go Rangers Kings repeat but I really like the Ducks and I really expect a lot of parity in the east well that kind of gives us an idea who you think the, the real contenders are but that aside are there particular teams that you find that are more profitable to bet on or are there even some that like you just really want to stay away from? Yeah. I mean, um, I think it's about being ahead of the curve. I think the New York Islanders this year might be a playoff team. I think the devils are going to be better than they were last year. Um, you know, for example, the devils last year were supposed to take a step back and finish under 500. Um, so I hammered that in a preseason bet, uh, for total wins and crushed it. Um, you know, there are teams that are always pretty consistent, and then there are teams that are dynamic and fun. Um, you kind of want to stay away from the more volatile matchups. You know, you never want to bet against Winnipeg in Winnipeg and things like that unless you have a really strong matchup advantage. This year, I think you're going to see the Islanders surprise people. They finally fixed up their goaltending. They got all those young players, and then they added a little depth veterans uh, that came in. I think they're going to be very good, and I think it's going to take a while for the public to get away from that. You know, this team has been terrible for 30 years mentality, um, which should lend some profits to our systems. Uh, again, the East is going to be really, really difficult. Everybody's so competitive for the most part that I think you're going to see sharp lines against the basement teams that suck some of the value away, and then you're going to see a lot of toss-ups. So it is something that I, I think I'm going to have to go game by game and see where we end up. And hockey is so much less like uh, you know sports like football um, and, and baseball more so, where you can kind of look at it on paper and say this team is terrible. Bet against them every opportunity you get. I mean, uh, you look at teams like the Jaguars that have been terrible and, and kind of money makers on those barometer parlay systems that we run um, that I don't necessarily do in football. And you look at teams like the Astros and and the Rangers the whole second half this year that were just horrible and you knew you were going to make your money off them in hockey you'll see a minus 280 line and then the oilers win anyway so uh it, it is kind of difficult to to single out who you're going to bet against and win it's more about game by game analysis and uh momentum and, and how the matchups are treating you that particular night 
Mark, you've given us a lot of great information today, and I know a lot of people are going to be excited about hearing this interview and, and following what's going on with you there in the forums. Uh, any parting words of advice or tips for the guys who are chomping at the bits ready for this season to get started? Uh, it's all about discretion. I end pretty much every interview with you guys the same way. Um, you know, the, the less I bet, the more money I make uh, always seems to be the way I go. I actually had a recent conversation with someone in my baseball forum who uh, – Early in the season, was criticizing me because there were you know four days in a row where I didn't lay down a bet, and he said, you know, how can you be profitable? How can with such small unit sizes and so few bets, how can you make me a couple thousand dollars this year? This will never happen, and uh, it, it's just the way my systems work. We really, really get particular. We break it down, and uh, it, it's all about discretion. Because uh, in the end of the year, he actually uh, sent me an apology to my forum for ever doubting me. So uh, (laughs) it's the same way I end every interview. Don't overbet. Don't get excited. Keep everything consistent and, you know, follow the system the way it's been laid out. I mean, there's a reason we haven't finished uh, in the negative once since I got the Z code. And it's gotten better as we've gone along. And it's all about discretion. Well, Mark, you've been a wealth of information as always, and we really appreciate your time and your advice today. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much for tuning in. Cheers. Until next time. Thank you for listening to our Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, where insider systems, secrets, and tools are revealed to help you win on sports betting. If you have a comment or question, make sure to visit us at www.zcodesystem.com. Download our free sports prediction tools and join our VIP club to follow winning systems from people who make a living betting sports professionally. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. See you next time.